two live. Kia ora and welcome to our 2.30 session with Dan Te Whenua Walker. Uh, we had a session, I think a week or two weeks ago, where we um, looked into Dan's new role as the elected co-chair of Microsoft Indigenous Group and what that means for Indigenous people globally and especially for Māori here locally and of course Microsoft. This session is of course for a um, Korero Live for Te Wiki o Te Reo, which is focusing on uh, this kaupapa, which is around Te Reo Māori. And uh, with that, I'd like to ask you to introduce yourself both in uh, Te Reo and uh, Te Reo Māori and Te Reo Pākehā. Kapai, a tēnā koe te rangatira, tēnā koutou, a ku rangatira, ko huhu e nei rā. Um, hello, bro, and hello to everyone. Ko ko toku um ko toku mātua tupuna ko te puihi hikuroa no um no mania poto iwi te waka tainui ka moi ia i a uh, maraia wakarangarangi williams no ngati roanui um my my uh mātua tupuna my key ancestor uh, is te puihi hikuroa and he's from mania poto um i the the hikuroa whānau there uh, and the Barretts are my my key whānau there. And then um, he married Maraya Whakarangarangi Williams, and she's from um, from Ngāti Ruanui. He travelled down to Taranaki to uh, wed her because she was a beautiful princess. And, um, and yeah, from Ngāti Ruanui, that's where my whānau resided, uh, in Taranaki, Awara. Um, their son, Tarawatama, ko Takare Hikuru, um, kamui ia i uh, uh, mini raukura kātini no Ngārua Hinerangiwi. Um, their son was Tākere Hikuro, one of ten, um, and Tākere is actually, that's his great-grandfather's name, who signed the Treaty of Waitangi, um, and also he was one of the, the people who whakaai te, te kingitanga. He was one of the people who um, who gave his sanction for the kingitanga from Maniopoto. So a big, a big rangatira, a big leader for us. Um, he married... Miniro Kurakatani, uh, a beautiful lady, my great grandmother from Ngaruwa Hinirangi Iwi in South Taranaki. Um, their son was uh, Sunny Tamakura Hikuroa, um, and he married Taro Utuhuya Taranaki. She is from Tuhaurangi and um, uh, Tuhaurangi and Ngati Kahungunuki Wairoa, uh, which is why I'm related to Kiwa and, um, and Hinirangi as well. And their daughter, my mum, Gail Winaki Hikuroa, uh, she went down to Christchurch with the trade training scheme, the Māori trade in the 70s and 80s, and met my dad, an awesome Pākehā fella, no Ngā Kaipuki Wikitoria. Um, his name is Noel Walker, and out popped the, uh, me, Dan Walker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, tēnā koutou katoa ko mātua iwi, uh, ko ngā mātua iwi kwaute te waka ko Taranaki te maunga ko Ngāti Ruanui me Ngārua Hinirangi oku iwi, ko oku marai, ko uh, merimere, taipure henui, te aroha me Aotearoa oku marai. Nō reira, ko whenua woka ahau. Tēnā koutou. Tēnā koutou. That's beautiful. And um, hey, I was just listening and, um, you know, when I listen to people talk in general, but especially when I was listening to you talk about the story of your family and, um, you know, uh, this man married this woman and uh, this woman and this man. I, was, I always envisage this little movie in my mind um, of what people are saying. And it just made me think, like, 
I can't even describe, um, you know, my mum and dad. Yep, and I can tell the story about um, how they met. Um, my nana, um, don't know how she met uh, granddad Sid, who passed away before I was born. And yeah, you know, it just makes me realise how much there isn't, um, or or you know, makes me want to know. It makes me want to go and find out about, um, you know, my uh, I guess my fucker papa. Mm. And what we would call it is a family tree, and you go, there's a name, and there's a name, and they had these kids, and there's a name, and there's a name, and that's it. But there's no story to it. There's no, and it's um yeah. I'm one of the discussions that have been flying through the week is uh, this identity and uh, how uh, the, your fucker papa is a key part of that, as well as your language uh, being te reo Maori and Maori, Maori word view. So let's come back to your trio journey. Did you mm. speak it from birth? Did you pick it up later in life? Where? What's your particular story? Oh, kia ora, Ryan. So I, I've been thinking about this over the last week. You know, my nana, um, she, that was Te Reo Tohia Taranaki. Uh, she was brought up in Waiwa and she spoke Te Reo. She came from a Te Reo Maori whanau. But, um, that was at the time of the Native Schools Act, so it was it was beaten out of her. She left school at a young age, um, and then she she pretty much from there vowed that she won't push Te Reo Māori on on any of her kids. And um, that through that process, um, my mum grew up without the deal, and it only takes one generation to lose the deal, and it takes many generations to get it back. Um, so I grew up in Christchurch, away from my marae, and um, I had no connection to my tūranga waiwai at all, really. Um, but at the time, I thought I didn't, and it led to a whole lot of negative outcomes in my life. I got in trouble. Uh, I, I left school with no qualifications. I left it in fifth form. Well, sorry, I, I re repeated only because I wanted to stay with my my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. Um, but, oh. yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't actually... Um, I didn't do at school really, uh, but I, I did love school. It just wasn't the academic stuff wasn't for me at the time. Um, and, you know, these, these sort of things played out, but I was lucky because Nana still, she had a, she had a uh, papakainga. So, you know what a papakainga is, bro? Right. The house next to the marae. Um, oh. you know, I, was, I was lucky that she had that um, just down the road from, uh, or just around basically from our marae and so whenever I went there there would always be things on the marae that I go down and, and check out and um, <clears throat> so even though I didn't have that connection it was there waiting for me and when I was ready when I was ready to sort of say okay uh, I want to start connecting back in I could uh, so that that's really important I think and one of the reasons why I am who I am today is because of Nana and her decision to stay by by the marae. Um, it did mean, though, that there was no one left because there's, there weren't many jobs next to um, <coughs> in Hawara at the time, unless you were working on the farms or working on the meatworks. So um, it meant that she was alone for a while, um, but my mum moved back home, and that that strengthened my connection with, with home as well. Uh, so to answer your question, a long story short, my kids were born 10 years ago, 
And I didn't want them to have that same disconnection, that same inferiority complex that I had. Um, and so I really wanted to learn my deal. And, and it was, that was the journey 10 years to, uh, to start. And I, I can say now, you know, I can understand te reo, um pretty well. Um, and I can speak it pretty well. And I can hold my own on a marae or in a whai kōrero. Uh, when I'm a, with a native speaker, someone who's grown up in the reo, um, sometimes I, I do struggle <laughs> to keep up with them, but um, I, I, I hold my own generally. Yeah. Um, and look, I think over the, the interviews, I'm starting to pick up, you know, when the likes of uh, Kiwa um, uh, get going, um, you know, it's at a pace that I struggle with. Uh, whereas, say, when I hear you speak, I can pick the different words and work out the ones I know and understand and try and build that picture of the bits I understand and fill in the gaps. But when someone like Kiwa goes for it, um, then I'm just lost almost. And it's like it's like when someone comes to New Zealand and they've never heard the Kiwi accent, right? And if I was back home in Dunedin um, where we don't move our lips and we speak really fast, not like I am now. In fact, I probably couldn't speak like a Dunedin. You know, it is probably... <laughs> Um, then you know, people from overseas like, what do you say? So yeah, it's it's um, yeah, an understandable aspect of I think all language that um, you know there's different speeds, paces, and, and whatnot. So that's beautiful though. So you, I, we did touch on this I think in our first cottero, but I, I I think I've had so much drinking from the fire hose of information at the moment that I forgot for a moment the story of you and your wife meeting at school. Or maybe that is just news today, but that's a beautiful silver lining um, uh, from, uh, you know, not leaving school with a qualification. You left for something better and you've met, obviously done very well for yourself. So the qualifications or the education, the success has come uh, through life, which is uh, a you know, beautiful story. So if oh, we I were to look at... I want to say, um, bro, sorry to interrupt. Um, that's all right. In terms of, you know, you, you say I'm successful and thank you for that. Um, but I would have to say, Michelle, my wife, we met when we were 10 and we started dating um, when we were 10. And it was puppy love back then, but we, we did stay together. And then um, we lost contact when I went to high school because I was two years older than her. But um, we reconnected when she came to high school and then it was, it was all together, 1994, September the 2nd. So we're tracking um, oh. towards 30 years together. But she's my rock, the reason why. I am successful. She's not the kind of person who'd get up and or speak on this kind of thing. She she definitely doesn't want the limelight, but she is one of those um, mana wahine in my life anyway, who has helped me achieve what what I've achieved. Uh, I know the feeling, um, Nikki, who's in in the room through there, uh, would be my mana wahine. Um, yeah, I, I call her. I call her my wonder wahine. She's got this cool uh, hoodie which has got a um picture of wonder woman you know the the marvel character and it's from a, a multi business and it's you know got wonder wahine on it and she has the the moko moko um uh, in the image now whipua sorry uh whipua ma whipua oh it's um it's a way of saying wicked awesome you know oh, so. okay 
I was thinking I was describing it wrong because I know that um, Moko is kind of like the shortened version for Moko Kowe. Moko Kowe, yeah. I, I wasn't correcting you, mate. I was saying that. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. You're more than welcome to. That's the whole point of it. You know, like I don't want any misinformation or mispronunciation not being uh, corrected. So it's sure. a, uh, you know, doing a favor for me and anyone that's listening. So no offense ever. In fact, be offended if you didn't put it that way. Um, so yeah, so she's the same. I asked her. I said, "Hey, I'm doing all this, uh, all these interviews for Tewiki Aotearoa Māori. Um, you know, do you want to do one?" And she looked at me and went, "Why would I want to do that?" <laughs> I said, "Well, to tell your story, like these other people are going to tell their story." And she's like, "No thanks." Yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> oh, I'm a bit gutted to be honest. I won't tell her that. I mean, like, I I got a you know, without going into the detail, because this is not about her, um, but she's, you know, two months out of a nine-hour brain surgery. So um, there is that aspect in there in terms of her confidence. Um, but aside from that, she's like that all the time. Right. She, she just gets the shit done. She doesn't talk about getting the shit done. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and, yeah, firmly, firmly has a foot in my back pushing me um, when I need it. So, yeah, got to give her that. With great thanks. So coming back to Tewiki Otareo Māori, um, in years you've been really learning um, with the birth of your first child. So tell us about that. Have they, you, you've before they got to say potentially school or kura kōpapa or oh, kāhangareo is the kindergarten version, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But you would have been learning at home with Nan and all these bits and pieces. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, as I say, I was lucky that Nana had a um, a papakainga and I started reconnecting with my marae. The first thing I wanted, bro, it wasn't about, um, it wasn't about, can you hear that? Yeah. Okay. Not too bad though? No. The whistling. They're starting a cutting thing. Hold on a sec, bro. Oh, that's all right. I've got that here as well. (laughs) Um, So, when I wanted to reconnect in, I had that. And my, my key focus was to ensure that my kids had a connection with their marae. Because te reo will come if they love who they are, first and foremost. Um, I didn't love the fact, you know, I, I grew up in that time when the narrative was pretty negative around, around Māori. Particularly on what you saw on the news and if you were hanging around in non-Māori circles. Uh, it just wasn't cool to be Māori. I think things are changing and things have changed and in, in definitely in some areas. Um, but I wanted them to have that connection to their marae. So, you know, I, I committed to take them back three times a year um, to their marae and uh, I would I would do that. So um, they knew the families, they knew the people, they knew their aunties. Um, and, you know, that, that was the key thing. So now whenever I say I'm going to the marae, they're like, oh, can I come? Can I come? You know, it's a long trip, man. It's nine hours to get to um, to South Taranaki from here. Well, it's it's quicker if I don't have the kids, but they want to stop all the time. But, uh, you know, they, they love my uh, And that's, that's the first thing, I think, because the real will come with a love of who they are. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, I, I invested time in Josh a lot and spoke to him in Te Reo Māori and, and got him speaking it. Um, he now can do a fai kōrero, like a, a base, basic fai kōrero, but he can do one. Um, he can Excuse do... me, what is a fai kōrero? 
Oh, fai korero and a pōwhiri. Um, oh. So you know how the person gets up to stand and to, to do the the honour of um, welcoming people? Yes. So, so like Tiaraha and Kiwa did at yours? Correct. Yes, yes. Okay. They did a fai korero. Right. Now I know what it is. Yep. And, and effectively what it is is the responsibility to uh, to properly welcome people spiritually, physically, and culturally. Um, so it's it's a great honour to do that. And Joshi can do that. He knows the, the basic structure now to do that. He does the karakia um, for his school and, and here as well. And he's come to heaps of and and hui and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I'm, um, I think that that time has been, it's been really good. Uh, and with Tyler and Maya, you know, they, again, they love their marae. Um, their pronunciation's on point. And yeah, I think, um, again, I'm not pushing it on them, but whenever around home, I'll, I'll use it. And um, I like to, or whenever they want something from me. So, you know, if they've got their iPad and they want their screen time password, they've got a kōrero Māori to me if they want that, you know. So, um, and they're like, ah, oh, what do I always have to speak to real dad? Well, if you want that password, buddy, you've got to speak in te Māori. Oh. So they, you know, they, they do that. Same for if they want to watch a movie or if they want to get some kai after meal, you know, they've got to speak kōrero Māori. Um, so that's a, a good way that I, I do it with my kids. Yep. And hey, look, what they won't realise or understand um, is that I think the age from two to seven are the best years for learning languages, right? So my brother, um, whose wife is Swedish, and they gave birth to both their children in Singapore. Um, before they left and went back to Sweden, uh, they were at kindy. So the kids went back to Sweden and were speaking English, Swedish, and Mandarin and had a strange accent because it was somewhere in the middle of everything. And, of course, kids anywhere in the world, they got teased. Um, so they stopped speaking both English and Mandarin and just spoke Swedish. So. Um, you know, it's they, they've now picked up they now speak by well, speak english so they speak english like we speak english um because they actually learn it in school so in sweden you learn english in schools you learn swedish and english and it kind of actually opens up the discussion that we should be learning english and Māori or maori uh, in schools you know that because the beauty is and kiwa actually was a person that gave me the sentence i think uh that uh Bilingualism is the pathway to multilingualism. And when I was on my OE, this is the sort of final point that brings it all together. I was the only one, that, only person I knew that spoke one language. Everyone else spoke three to four. You know, you'd have someone from Switzerland who spoke um, Italian and German and French because they have four four official languages of Switzerland. Depending on where you live, it's the which which is next on the border. Um, but yeah, everyone spoke multiple languages. I was the only one that didn't, and it was a real struggle. And um, the simple thing is that once you've learned two languages, it's really easy to learn the third, fourth, fifth. Uh, so if we teach two languages at school to kids from the beginning, then they're going to have the ability to learn the fourth, third, fourth, fifth language without even trying, basically. Well, not quite without even trying, but, you know. So the, the benefit is huge. So I, you know, I think we should be turning on uh, te reo Māori uh, as a, a language that's taught at school when we speak both um, equally. Well, when I was in Tahiti, um, they, you know, they speak kind of like Te Māori. You know, I can understand them, which is so cool. It's so amazing to hear 
everyone speaking te reo Māori, mix of French, te reo Māori and English. Um, but in, uh, as you know, Tahitian is, is very similar to te reo Māori, uh, as is uh, Rarotongan as well. But um, they started teaching that in their schools in 1983. So, you know, that, that was brave of them. And because of that, now they love they love that language and they can speak it really well. Um, I would love that to happen here, man. It would be amazing if we if we did. And you're right. I think it it makes you think you have an appreciation for languages. You you have a love of languages when you we know more than one because you have more ways to express. And personally, uh, I I have been on that journey of of um, really loving um, you know the way that language can communicate. So you know I can sometimes choose te reo Māori or sometimes choose English. Um, but when it came time as well uh, to learn Korean, you know, I've um, I've learned a, a bit of Korean because I started going there for mahi, for work. And, you know, the one way to get to know a culture or to know a people is to learn their languages, their karakia, their, their prayers, and their waiata, their songs. Um, that's the best way to find, you know, to really, really know a people. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really, um, I really believe that truly. Absolutely. Um, so, just adding on to that, um, I started doing. Well, I, I I went with a mate to have a sharp treat, and um, we had always talked about. He'd raised it with me about um, me wearing a turban and being Sikh, and he said, "You know, we should do it. You know." wear a turban and we'll walk down the street together and see what reaction we get. He was quite keen on this. I was like, yeah, that sounds quite cool. And this is long before I'd ever been introduced to the, the um, concept of appropriation, right? And anyway, we didn't quite get to do it. And then we went to, oh, so the um, Sikh uh, do a turban day. So in Aotea Square, we went down and I um, ended up being on the news as a result. But the reason we did it was not only for the experience and the fun, um, but I started doing this series where I wanted to walk in another person's shoes and do all these different cultures and do all their national dress and experience it. So that was kind of the fluffy concept. Um, and then I went to another event with him and he said, do you want to wear the turban again? And I said, I'd love to, you know. Um, so I wore a turban to um, a big event that he invited me to. And it was a mix, you know, mix of people. It wasn't a Sikh event. But it was at the um, Sky City. And uh, I said, oh, hey, I've got to go to the bathroom at one point. So I ducked down in the hallway from the theatre to the to the bathroom and went past a um, um, couple of gambling rooms. And, uh, you know, a wall of people were walking up the corridor, 10 wide, and here I am coming. And um, I sort of forgot I was wearing the turban. And I was just being myself. And I was sort of getting close to them going, when are they going to move out the way for me? Well, if they're not going to move out the way for me, I'm going to drop my shoulder and I'll, I'll push them out of the way. Anyway, I got right up to this point here, and the guy in front of me, before I got to, to drop my shoulder, went, you're white, and jumped backwards in surprise. And they made room for me because I was white. And I turned around and said, what is it? You can imagine what I said. Why does it bleeping matter if I'm white or not? Because turban, turban was like here, and I um, had... You couldn't see because I had that, hadn't shaved my cheeks, um, and they were talking and not taking notice. But when they re when the guy realised that I was white, um, now he wasn't Pakeha, he wasn't white, he was another ethnicity. But we were, you know, it's not about that. But the you know 
that walking in another person's shoes, you know, um, that was the eye opener. And uh, you talk about, you know, you've got to learn their language or learn a language to really understand the people. And uh, I think there's a lot of lessons we could learn from stepping outside our own skin. So that, that's probably potentially the wrong way to say it, but that is, I think, a cliche. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. You know, imagine if every, uh, every Pākehā in New Zealand who is ignorant, was ignorant, or whatever, was uh, lived the life of, um, or experienced what it's like to be Māori and experience their... Oh, there is that New Zealand uh, app or website that you can experience that through. And you plug it in and you hear, the, hear that. Oh, really? so I'm, going, I'm going, yeah. Um, so sort of way off course, because this is more about the empowering side of uh, Te Wiki Aotearoa Māori. So let's get back to that. I can go down rabbit holes. You need to pluck me out. Um, okay. So we've got five minutes. That means that we, we, we get to spring this one on you. Um, for closing remarks, what would you like to share with people uh, as part of Te Wiki Aotearoa Māori uh, about learning te reo, understanding te ao Māori, uh, and anything else around that big picture? Uh, okay. Um, one of the things that I got told from a kaumātua was that it's a spiritual journey. Um, Māori are spiritual people, which is why we, we adapted well, when uh, the British came, we, we adopted um, their culture and, and their religions. Um, but we also had our own religions. We, we, were, we were flexible in that regard. And we, we also had similar views of, in terms of our worldview that were tied into those. Um, so I actually have become much more spiritual as I've, as I've become more fluent in Te Reo Māori. And I believe that... Um, it's a spirit first and you have to, it's not an easy one either. You know, it's lots of ups and downs and I do have aroha for anyone who does go on the journey because, you know, I know that they will, will have lots of trip ups and struggles and, and that's all part of the journey. And, and uh, I just encourage you and, and others, you know, if you're, if you're um, on that journey, um, try and have that, that spiritual relationship. So it's not, not about religious perspective, but spiritual relationship with the deal because, um, you know, it's a, it's actually, it's a beautiful journey and the rewards are there in terms of your life and, and your outlook and, and all the benefits that come from that in terms of your wisdom that, that grows with that as well. Um, I, I just um, encourage people to, to stay with it in terms of their journey uh, because, there, there is benefits in there for for you, um, as you as you come through that. Beautiful. Now, hang on. Let me go back to my Maori dictionary and atahua, 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 beauty. Atahua. Yeah. So yeah. And, and atahua um, is is sort of said. Well, that's the name for beautiful, um, and it's it's interesting, eh? Because how Te Reo Māori and, and English, they sort of look for a similar thing and they come together. And Atahua, um, they believe that that means, because Ahua is the look and um, Ata is correctness. 
So the correctness in your look. Oh. And this is the cordial that's told to me. I know there's others out there who may think different, but that that's definitely um, what I've heard. But to describe beautiful, there's there's other words to say that. And so I like to use um, other words like hua, um, which is similar, in, but it's sort of saying attractive. Um, and piwari. Piwari is a is a awesome thing to say. Again, it's beautiful, but it's a, it's a way of saying um, you kind of use it for children, you know, to say they're so cute and beautiful. Um, so yeah, just just put that out there. Yeah. So on this page, um, and I I do I was trying to find uh, beautiful to be able to say you know, what you said is beautiful, and this does say be beautiful, handsome, pleasant, pretty, good looking, gorgeous, lovely. And yes, there are many other words. So there's rerihua. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. Waiwaya. Ah, oh, yes. Purotu. Oh, yeah. Purotu. Hang on. Purotu. 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 Uh, that's my, my son. That's my son's um, box. He's Tane Purotu. To be pleasant, agreeable, clear, beautiful, and handsome. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what he called himself. If you see him on Roblox, oh, yeah, Dan's son, Josh. Very cool. Very cool. I'll just come back to you um, as we're on the three o'clock. So uh, I think um, you've now got a three o'clock you've got to head off to. Uh, so we'll keep to time. And just want well done with this today, uh, this week. Well done. You know, you've um, pulled together a whole lot of awesome people. You know, they're all rangatira in my eyes, amazing people. So um, uh, well done with that. And you've got a good heart. So keep it up. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I've had a few moments um, and the the overall intent is um, to get the the truth out there and share stories and excite people about uh, learning te reo Māori. So hopefully that uh, what I'm doing is achieving the intended goal. Got it, bro. Awesome. Got it. Thank you very much. Bye. Amen.